0: What's up, everyone? This is Tyler Dunn here in uh, North Wanda Fatty Beer Company. They support the Go Along podcast. And, Jim, we need to get right into it because we have the great honor, the privilege to talk a little football with Mina Kimes herself. The Mina Kimes of NFL Live. The Mina Kimes show. Is it st- it's still featuring Lenny, I believe. Lenny. Correct? Yes, yeah. yeah, still. Yeah. Always, always. Providing his uh, expert analysis. I mean, that's the thing. I can't get Edmund to really provide much at all to our podcast. So I think it's, I think like, we got to get him get him in the weight room, right? Get him working for the trainer or something. Uh, but I this is point, awesome.
1: When, when you guys use your dogs to make picks in gambling, is I'm not a dog owner. Nothing against dogs, but that's when I really don't like myself when I do gamble <laughs> because it just it's so true that. The dogs, wherever they, whatever bowl they lick out of first in the morning, <laughs> the home favorite or the underdog, there's a chance they'll do just as well as we all do.
2: There was like that dog in the NBA playoffs, right? Who, who it got, kicked that
1: annoyed? I know
2: that looked a little staged. I It agree. looked a little edited. They, know, too know, much,
1: like... and then people are trying to copycat. Now it's too much.
2: Lenny doesn't Me, gamble. I... He he's, he knows about <laughs> the NFL's rules. He's he doesn't want to risk his suspension.
1: Okay, but Mina, I have to ask you on your pod. I loved it the other day, but when you do the read for Caesars. <laughs> did you ever in your life yeah. in college think you would be doing a commercial research okay. or an ad for caesars
2: i did not but i'm really proud of that ad because um they, the ad. they gave me an automated robot voice naming all the states and the hotlines and i didn't and i got complaints because when people a lot of people listen to my podcast i'm sure your guys as well on like 1.5 and on 1.5 it literally sounded like death metal to them <sighs> right so i i told the my producer I was like you know what I'm gonna read the states I'm gonna do I'm gonna do it fast but I'm gonna do it because my listeners um have been complaining and I did I got my start at ESPN opinionating doing sports radio where you do have to do live reads and you do have to learn how to speak pretty quickly and clearly so I'm really proud of that ad and how quickly I get through all the Arizona Virginia Washington you know like (laughs) states you have to go
1: so they didn't speed that up at the end
2: uh, I, originally it was, and then I said, it, I'll go fast."
1: You, so, so Tyler, yeah. it's just like an ad you see for—I hate to say it—an over-the-counter drug on a commercial. Where side
2: effects, yeah.
1: It, it's it start. The, most of the commercial read was the side effects of gambling and where you can do it legally. Blah blah blah. It was great. It was great. But I was just thinking about it. Like, thank you. You're yeah. Did you ever think? Yeah, that's a good one.
2: I've done I've done worse ads. I'll just leave it at that.
1: No, it wasn't worse. It was a good ad. I'd be proud. See, I, that would be something. I'd feel like I made it in life. Like my friends from high school, if I ever read a Caesar's ad, they'd be like, "That's
2: unbelievable." I'm just glad I'm not doing Manscaped. Although, if Manscaped <laughs> wants to sponsor, sponsor my show, please get at me. I know.
0: I, I got to chuckle. I think it, it's our buddy Robert Mays. He did. I, maybe it was Manscaped. He he did something that was either that or like you're losing your hair and you're trying to get your hair back, and you know. I I could do that, but I don't think whatever I would endorse would actually be bought because I've been bald since eighteen. Yeah, but Mina, thank you so much for hanging out with us. NFL live host, obviously the podcast. What I just want to start with this though, like, what is a day in the life like for Mina Kimes? Because we (laughs) see you breaking everything down in the NFL. It's phenomenal. The podcast, the show. You guys have such great chemistry. I mean, I, we got to blow a little smoke, obviously. Uh, but, you know, when you guys when you and Dan Orlovsky or even even today with uh, Andrew Hawkins, that was great. Um, it's just like instant. It's a rapport. It's not forced. Right. There's no awkward laughs or cliches or, you know, nobody's talking about the weather. It's just real. So credit to you guys for just bringing really the best daytime sports television that's out there. Because we make fun of daytime TV a lot on here. But you you have the absolute best show. It's the standard
2: i really appreciate that um and i really think um our show in particular is just built on a foundation of like real life friendship but also um conversations like you mentioned dan um okay so it is thursday july 6th truly the dregs of the dregs of the off season and i'm looking at my texts right now and these are from, like, because he texts me at, like, 5.30 my time. He's on the, the – no respect for time zones. And literally, it's us going back and forth about Sam Howell. And that was <laughs> Week 18 start. <laughs> and what we think the Eric Bieniemy offense should look like. And he's sending me clips. And I'm sending him thoughts and – or getting excited about talking about it. So then by the time we get to – Actual television—it's you know what you see is really based on these conversations. The fact that we're constantly in dialogue about football and get geeked out about noticing stuff. Um, So yeah, I really think that's that's the core at the core of our show.
1: So Mina, I like how you said people
0: want the real. They want they want you to be authentic. That's such a great point.
1: I like how you use the word noticing stuff um right there when I'm assuming you're talking about when you guys are watching film yeah and that's where I wanted to go because I was telling Tyler when I listened to that pod the other night you guys you you watch a lot of film now as somebody that used to do it it's a it's a boring grinding process it sounds fun when you're an area Scout and you're going to colleges every day watching film all day but it can be pretty boring but you officially have turned into a football kind of nerd geek area Scout would you ever want to scout? Would you ever want
2: to be a DM? I I don't think I have the this capability, experience, qualifications to do either of those things. But I do think um, um, I you know I I, I do bring something. To, I don't want to be sounds overly self deprecating. Um, you know, on our show, uh, I, I don't notice the things that Dan does. Dan, in particular, right as a quarterback, he just he, good, he sees yeah. he sees the field so differently. And when when I talk about noticing things. I love it when we notice the same thing because it's affirming. I'm sure that was the experience you had, uh, you know, in your career as well. Um, and then there's nothing I love more than saying like, okay, well, uh, we both noticed that. I don't know. We were talking about Joe Mixon running out of the gun a lot more last year. And you know, we had Orlando Brown on, and I I was saying I wanted to wa- ask him about how the Bengals run game was going to evolve. Um And uh, Dan was like, oh, yeah, I ask him about this and this and this. And then I'll go and I'll grab the stats and I'll give them to him to support his argument. It's that back and forth of collaboration, I think, that makes me so excited. Um, That feeling of discovery and affirmation and like arriving at a deeper understanding of what we're seeing on the field.
1: And we were always jealous. That's what I told Tyler as in personnel or scouts during the draft time. And trust me. You got The shows are on in every draft room all day long, all the time. And it's almost it almost sparks debates in the draft rooms for no reason. Because you guys will bring up somebody and somebody will say, I told you, only when it works in your favor. But see, I told you, NFL Live said he's going to go second round. We have him in the fourth. But that would spark debate. I'm just telling you we were jealous because we always felt like, yes, you guys can evaluate one player. Talk about that one player and his strengths, weaknesses, blah, blah, blah. We have to factor in 10 scouts.
2: Oh, my gosh. Coaches, yeah.
1: All this, and it just drives you nuts. And sometimes we just want to say, yes, you were right. We should not have traded up for Sammy Watkins. But <laughs> if you really understand this, if we stayed where we were, we eliminated Mike Evans because we didn't fit the system. We eliminated Odell Beckham. He was too small. So if we stayed where we were, we were going to draft Eric Ebron. Now, mm. see what I'm saying? And that's why, yeah, the trade up for Sammy still wasn't right, but – it was
2: better than Ebron. I I can't imagine being professionally accountable for drafting players because, oh, my God, it is such an it's inexact good. science. And it is – I, I, the only thing I have confidence in is, ha- is having more picks is better, which is, you know, why I tend to be a trade-down advocate. But, um, yeah, it's we have it very easy, right? And really we're only talking about guys in the first two rounds on our shows, which right. makes life so much easier generally too, so <laughs> – uh, yeah, it's a lot easier right. on my side.
0: Right, I can I can write a seven thousand word story about Lynn Bowden taking over the NFL, and uh <laughs> it's okay. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fire Things myself. Shook, you know? shaking
2: out differently for, for <laughs> he hey, somewhere else. You know, somebody's
0: got to give him a chance. That's I did gracious. hear he was ripping up practice for the Patriots last year. So this is on Belichick. Really I like that, Belichick. Wait, what are you doing? Uh All right, Mina, but take, take what's like a. a, a normal typical day like for you i'm just picturing you like in a bunker studying film, <laughs> no. eating money. i mean uh, i don't know what it's like living in la i listen to adam crow a lot and i just sound it sounds like a terrible city but i'm sure it's it's much better uh than than he may make it seem but i don't know what's life like for you day to day
2: very different this time of year i'll start there um uh, versus obviously the season um you know I, I am usually on tv every day this time of year but it's where I mean, we're obviously not talking about games, we're just talking about news stories and trends, so it requires a lot less preparation. Um, and a lot of my time is spent kind of in the off season doing one of two things. Either doing so for my podcast, I do a lot of um I do division previews, I'll do like lists, rankings, things, and so it'll be preparation for that. For example, if I'm doing a division preview, um like I, did, I have the afc north coming out next week with steve Palazzolo from pff um it's going through depth charts gathering stats uh and then watching games it, you know I, I felt like i needed to rewatch the deshaun watson starts which i didn't watch very closely <laughs> yeah mm. uh <laughs> yeah that was interesting that was a tough watch but um yeah, so you know, I kind of picking or I, the reason we were talking about Sam Howell is I was like, okay, let me go watch Sam Howell week 18. You know, I, I watched it, but let me really watch it, take notes, think about the offense and that kind of thing. So there's that. That's something I do a lot during the off season um, when I'm not on television or or taping things. And then I just have kind of projects for me personally. Um, you know, uh, I'll have a project like I really want to get better at IDing different kinds of pass rush moves in real time. So I'll watch clinics or talk to people. Um, so just kind of off season stuff, just trying to get better at my job. Cause there's so, there's always so much to learn with football, especially if like myself, you didn't grow up playing it um, sort of lacking that kind of uh, institutional knowledge, right. Or um, experiential knowledge. So I view it as an opportunity in the off season to just get, learn, get better, learn, ask questions. And yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing that I get paid to do that.
0: <laughs> but like, what was, I guess, what was the pivot point where I know I, I, I learned about you through all of your amazing long form stories, obviously. Oh, I you. think that's how most people did. Um, but at what point, and, in, and you still write, right? I mean, you'll still very rarely, very there, rarely. It's been a long time. <laughs> but at some point, like, I mean, the Aaron Rogers feature, which he was hanging out at your place. I invited. I don't know. He didn't come to hang out with me, Jim. I don't know why, but he's hanging out Hmm. with Mina.
2: I don't know.
0: Uh, The Tyrod (laughs) story was awesome. Twenty seventeen,
2: maybe. Such a great guy. He is such a sweetie. One of the sweetest people I ever profiled. Yeah,
0: it was a great story. Everything you write, just it's like everybody stops what they're doing to read it. At, At what point did you kind of like? I don't know. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but like become this. Exano Savant that just wants to learn the ins and the outs of how this sport works at the granular level, I, 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 instead of maybe just writing long form, which you were obviously as good as it gets in that department. Yeah,
2: too. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah, I mean for me, it was started before I started working at ESPN. Um, you know, I, I I was a business journalist for the first part of my career, but I was also a very rabid football fan. But the kind of the way. I approach fandom and I guess a lot of things in life is I enjoy it more when I feel like I understand it more. So, um, my whole life, but, you know, especially young adulthood and adulthood, um, for me, like it was, I was a Seahawks fan being a Seahawks fan meant like reading everything and listening to everything and trying to understand things. I always, um, it's funny. Like now I, like I, one of my favorite writers was Chris Brown, Smart Football, right? And I just read everything he wrote when I was, uh, back when I was a a fan um, for Greatland or, or, um, you know, it's how I became friends with Bill Barnwell. I was just a fan of his and I wanted to, and I thought he wrote about football in such a unique and compelling way and had such a different way of seeing the game and writing about it. And, you know, I grew up reading Sports Illustrated and Dr. Z and stuff, but like that was different for me. And so um, I would say it really started then, but before I became an analyst or opinionator, I was just a consumer of all of these guys. And um, once I started getting the opportunity to talk about it, it really became more of a matter of like, well, now I get to allocate more of my time to doing this. It's not just a hobby, a part time thing. Um, And so like, yeah, it's it it is kind of like being a student on the job in some ways. um, Still, like I was saying, Which is great. I mean, I don't. I am not an expert. I am just passionate. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. And I think um, people relate to that passion. I don't know. I think, like, I generally think people just really like listening to people talk about football who seem to actually like football. So, at least I attribute a lot of my career to that. Um, And I hope that comes across.
1: Well, how about absolutely does? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Because everybody always asks this, Mina, to me. Tyler knows it's how we kind of struck up a relationship, but everybody wants to know, and I'm a believer in this. I ask every young scout this, who have you missed on as a player? And when I say missed where you were just like, you know what? I was wrong. And I'll give you mine. Mine is always Chris Johnson running back from East Carolina. I never thought he would be an every down guy coming out. And I was flat out wrong.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Pretty good. He, things worked out for him.
1: <laughs> I thought, I, seriously, I thought he would be a, I can remember. I was working for the Saints. What
2: was it? What was it? Did You just didn't – I, I thought he was a straight-ahead divis-
1: speed change. Yeah. The, you know, I thought he was more just get him in your system but not the guy you can depend on all the time. And if you look up his – I'll defend it to this day. The first four games of his, his last season, he did nothing. I was at a game against NC State. When you look up his stats, it's hilarious. And then after that game, he dominated college football – and this is yeah. when you have to, as a scout, choke back a little bit and say, you know what? I saw him early. He didn't do anything. This guy's good. I'm sorry. I was too hard on him.
2: I feel like I have a hard time judging backs from smaller programs generally, um, just trying to like contextualize the dominance. You know what I mean? Bats uh,
1: don't matter for those guys.
2: Yeah. And it, so it's just kind of. Right. It, you know, you're right. You're trying to look at the attributes. But again, like sometimes it's like men amongst boys. So it, it can be But it better be
1: if you're looking. That's the number one rule when you're yeah. looking at a small school guy. What you just said, if he's not man amongst boys, just move on.
2: I mean, I was dead ass wrong about Josh Allen, but like a lot of people. But I also um I think. And and like I, I well, the thing that drives that actually makes me mad. I don't mind being called out on my bad draft opinions, and there's been some, and that's probably Here, the single right. single worst. But I do mind if people say you didn't watch. I watched him. <laughs> I didn't think he was good. <laughs> <laughs> I, like I remember vividly yeah. watching. Same yes. with Daniel Jones. I watched that him. Oregon
0: game. Right, he was awful. <laughs>
2: some of the accuracy issues, yeah. but um. You know, I, at the time, thought that sort of accuracy couldn't be fixed. There were so few precedents for that in the modern NFL. And then I also think, um, and this is not to, like, defend my take, but maybe it is. I I
1: did. I defended mine. Go ahead.
2: uh, Well, I'll say this. I don't think, as an outsider, uh, you can scout for the mental qualities that he clearly has in terms of the will to get better, because, again— I didn't think I was wrong the first two years of his (laughs) LFO career, too. Even though there were, um, you know, people standing for him at that point, I was like, nah, I mean, like, you know, he's a little better. But, like, uh, the jumps that he did eventually make, I think so much of it was because of his own... Same thing with Hertz, frankly, and I've talked to a lot of people about this, how unbelievable it is that we now have two examples that are fairly unprecedented in the modern nfl of players improving in ways that players do quarterbacks do not usually improve and both of those guys every single person you talk to says it there's such a mental side to it in terms of the character the drive the determination, the work all of that how am i supposed to know right <laughs> from the outside but he clearly had it and he's now now, I'm on the other side where I'm like, I had Josh Allen as my second best quarterback in the NFL. If you weren't getting mad at me, Bengals fans were uh, in my mentions. So, how do tables turn?
0: That's such a great point. I think it's changed. Like, you can improve accuracy. I mean, these guys have quarterback coaches around the clock, like Jordan Palmer, Quincy Avery, Steve Calhoun. I mean, all these guys just work with somebody 24 months a year. Or if, like, if you're this freak show, all right work on the accuracy, go from there. But yeah. let's dive into some Buffalo Bills, Mina, because I think everybody up here is trying to figure out, all right, should we Should we be worried? Should we be freaking out about if this? Had, uh, people are so weird
2: about the Bills right well, now. the media
0: blew it out of proportion, right? That Josh just told everybody. Oh, right, We
2: put that quote on NFL Live. I, you guys have seen the hot dog meme. We're all trying to find the guy who did this. I'm like, your own coach was like – he sounded like a, a – a dad whose kid didn't come home. <laughs> he was like, I'm very concerned. This is very concerning.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was like the, Josh Allen and Sean McDermott, the Bills, they're uh, going full men in black with the, uh, you know, the device. Lot. Everybody Whatever. forget what happened. happens all the time. <laughs> yeah. Do,
2: do you um, think people should be worried? About the, the dick thing or the Bills generally? The Diggs thing. I mean, he is – this is – he's not like this is the first time there's been – how do I pra- praise this dissatisfaction with Stefan Diggs? Uh what the exact nature and source of that dissatisfaction is is still like a m- bit murky. And <laughs> I've heard uh, various theories and rumors uh in with various levels of titillation <laughs> uh, attached to them. But um no, I don't think so. I, I think it'll be fine again from a football perspective. Um I don't think it'll affect his play, or, you know, I still expect him and Allen to have the same connection on the field.
0: Because, you know, when you trade for Stefan Diggs, like something like this is inevitable. You just know what's going to happen and you just deal with it. He's too good, he's too talented.
2: A wide receiver. If if I'm Stefan Diggs, like. He's amazing. Okay, if anything, he's me. he's underrated, man. Like I was thinking, because I was doing this AFC pre- East preview, pardon me, and going back and watching a couple of divisional games near the end of the season, and he's just such a re- a remarkable talent, such a remarkable separator. His route running is just so special. Um, yeah, I, I he's really really good. That's all I have to say. And I think it'll be fine. I think the offense will be fine, which is not. Um, it seems like nationally there's a little bit more concern about this offense than what I personally have, which I've found kind of interesting. Why is that?
0: Like, Why, why do you think they'll be fine?
2: Um. Well, for starters, they were incredibly good last year. I don't know. Like, it's like there's this panic because I think the Allen interceptions at the end of the season, I've said on my pod, Jim, you probably heard me talk about this. Um, I think the injury really affected his short accuracy. And you saw that in terms of like the throws he was passing up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Near the end. So um, I think that there was a pretty clear uh, demarcation with the UCL. So if he's back and he's healthy, I mean, Josh Allen was so good in the beginning of last season that Rams game, the first half of the season, that quarterback is still there. Um, I love the Kincaid signing. I've got, I've talked about that a bit. Um, I'm excited to see what it does for the offense. Still some concerns about the offensive line, particularly the right side. And I, the other thing that confuses me is like the um, and this feels like a Bill's fan thing. Maybe you guys have your kind of finger on the pulse. I think Ken Dorsey's good. (laughs) I don't understand why people are, I, I don't know. I like, like at the end, there, I think it was in the divisional round when when Allen was like chucking YOLO balls uh, against the Dolphins. I, I saw Bill's fans scream like, Ken Dorsey, what are you doing? And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I forget if it was McKenzie or Shakir. There's guys open underneath. He's just not throwing to them. Like, yeah. I, don't, I, I thought he got unfair flack for how the season ended. I think he's a very good coordinator.
0: That's a really good point. I mean, Isaiah would say on our show, "Like I'm open." He
2: like, was open. Josh <laughs> just,
0: was open. just doesn't throw me the ball. <laughs> <Yeah>, he
2: was <laughs> open. Can confirm, <laughs> open.
0: Yeah, it's it's, and I get it. It's a big play league, and yeah. Ken Dorsey, like he wants the big play. It was very, more boomer bust than you know Brian Dayball. It was a little more rhythmic, short to intermediate. Uh, I don't. know. I think people are kind of freaking out though. They look at the. Salary structure of certain players. Yeah. They know Josh Allen's taking hits. They see the the digs, unrest, whatever the hell's happening there. Von uh, Miller's coming off of a serious injury. And, oh, by the way, there's the Dolphins getting Vic Fangio. Aaron Rodgers, who clearly over the hill, he's probably finished, uh, is now in the division. and go Belichick's in the division. But uh, I think that's why they're freaking out. Like, it's just yeah. kind of like, oh, man, did we miss our chance here? I think th- in 13 seconds, obviously, is the driving force there because that's a team that should have won the Super Bowl
2: The put. salary aspect is uh, what I would be concerned about. Maybe, Jim, you can address this. Um, you know, something I've talked about a lot with the Chiefs and now the Bengals is how do you draft and where do you draft and what kind of players do you add when you when you pay your quarterback, right? Now, the Bills are paying their quarterback. And when you look at the last few draft classes, there haven't been enough hits, frankly, um, you know, to make this all feel sustainable in the way that now I think the Chiefs are kind of a a paradigm for that. You really saw at the end of last year with their defensive younger players coming online. um, The Bills need some of those players to hit. They need Greg Rousseau to make that leap. They need some of those, whether it's like a Dorian Williams, you know, or, um, Elam or whatever they need dudes. And I think that is where, if I was Bill's fan, I wouldn't feel stressed about Josh Allen. I wouldn't feel stressed about Ken Dorsey. That is what I would feel stressed about.
1: hundred percent agree. Mina, that offense. I'm not even, we've talked about it. Tyler knows. I don't care about any of it. I want to see is Trey white going to be Trey white again. Is Poyer, who does not have speed to begin with, to see, still have speed on the back end, hide, healthy. Those are core, core guys. And then, like you just talked about, I need to see pass rush. So, those to me are the issues I'm paying attention to for the Bills. Josh Allen and Diggs, listen, when you get elite superstars, just enjoy it and be quiet.
2: Yeah. They're fine. They'll be fine. Different.
1: <laughs>
0: Ed Oliver didn't look good in that Bengals game, gave him a lot of money.
2: Eh, yeah, yeah, a lot, but it wasn't top of the market. I don't know that contract didn't bother me too much. Just we said
1: I said the same thing. I, yeah,
0: what's money? What what well, I you mean, know, what, what,
2: what You would like to see I, that? By the way, that's a player I was very high on uh, at the draft uh, during Ooh. the draft process. I really loved his college tape, um, and he's the time consistency. You know, is definitely an issue there, and I agree. There's you would like to see more from him. Um, hopefully, if Miller is healthy, you know, and I they added Ford from Seattle. Who, has, who they added another three tech, right? I forget. Or uh, oh, no, yeah, you,
0: you're, you're Seahawks, right? I mean, he's, yeah, uh, he's, he's, a beast he's okay for a while.
2: He's yeah. a good player. He's not. Yeah, it's good depth. Um, you know, I
1: like how you were talking yeah. about sacks the other night on that podcast about being overrated, and it is like sacks as a stat when you study it are. But do, is there a stat that you do like that maybe isn't talked about a lot? Because I like sack mm. percentage instead of just sacks. I like sack percentage. But it's still, when you really study sack percentage, it's not that telling of I, – I didn't know if there was anything. Yeah. I know you like stats The no pass rush? Um, maybe on defense in general, something that maybe you just like – Or offensive, I'll go anywhere. A stat that you just like, because I know you like stats.
2: I always like to look at, like, three or four stats together, which I realize is kind of a cop-out answer. But, like, if I'm looking at a pass rusher, this is certainly true of quarterbacking, where you have to look at everything. you got to look at – one thing I love is I love CPOE, but I like it in context with – QBR and DB, like I like to put them all together and then I, I genuinely think if you put three or four stats together usually you can get a complete picture of a player um because you know for like CPOE for example Patrick Mahomes never has a good CPOE because the offense slaps and guys are always open uh but then when you look at other stats in conjunction with it and you know his depth to target and all this stuff it makes sense Uh, And same with pass rush, like, you know, if I see a player is getting maybe doesn't have a lot of sacks, but he's getting a lot of press pressure and he's his pass rush win, which is one we have with just like, do they beat the blocker in 2.5 seconds is high. You know, if I see those three stats together, I'm like, okay, he's, he's gonna get there, you know, whereas if I see a guy with like a high sack rate, but then low pressure rate, low hurries, uh, something I really like to do is just kind of look at situational pass rushing stats how often, you know, with and without the Blitz, are they being double teamed, all of that. Point is, very nerdy way of saying, if I see a bunch of them together, it's kind of like looking at a Magic Eye, and you're crossing your eyes, and you're like, okay, I know who this is as a player. I got a good sense of it. Um, and so, like, I always try to look at multiple stats. Coverage as a whole, I mean, it's so difficult. to create. Yeah, I know you just got to throw it. I mean, they, they, Next Gen Stats has done some good things, I think, um, with nearest defender, but again, you have to recognize the limitations of that. Always,
0: Mina. What do you like to do for fun? You just like watch film all day, looking at a bunch of stats and putting them together.
2: And like, isn't that not obvious?
1: No,
0: Don't let me. It. It's unbelievable. You.
1: Don't let Mina fool you, because for those that really know Mina and go back a little bit with history with Mina, I'm just gonna say something and see what Mina's reaction is. Zip line
2: yeah <laughs> never again i do not like heights um i was impressed
1: that you did that and you somehow oh pulled it off
2: thank you well you know it was the world's easiest analysis how do you uh, affect tom brady um i i read a lot of fiction i've been posting a little bit about nice. that i i love um fiction twitter like I posted the books I've been reading, and all the replies are like, I love that, or I bought that for my grandma. And they were so positive. Usually, if I post something, the replies are like, Why the fuck did you talk about the dolphins more than the bang, you know, whatever. Like, and so, yeah, I, I felt like I entered like a pure <laughs> part of the internet. Um, that Which I, is like, why everybody's like so running nice. away from Twitter, yeah. I know. Well, yeah, we'll see, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I read, I do read a lot, and then, um, yeah, it's just. Exercise, That's awesome.
0: <laughs> any any book you recommend? Like that was just awesome yeah, recently.
2: It's a lot of fiction. So, um, which I feel like I feel bad cuz so many of my friends write nonfiction. Um, I just read Trust, which won the Pulitzer Prize. I would recommend that. It's really good. It's kind of about uh 20th century American finance, but it's like a meta it, and it's very very well done. I thought I really liked that. Um, and then I just uh, I just read a book called Hamnet. That is a uh, another award-winning book about uh, like a it's a historical fiction about William Shakespeare.
0: I love yeah, it. You you have Do a Do you reading. read? You go with Audible audiobook?
2: No, I read just paperback. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love it.
0: Yeah, Matthew Fairburn actually kind of got me into fiction as well. Like for oh, the nice. longest time, I couldn't read fiction. I'm like, eh, uh, I don't know. It's not real, right? I need a time. break.
2: I need the a break. Unbelievable. Like the yeah. Bear Town
0: trilogy is amazing. I don't know if you got into that. I it's haven't. Really
2: no. check
0: that out. Um, awesome. All right, well, great recommendations. Okay, we got to ask about the Packers. We have a lot of Packers listeners. So Jordan Love, obviously, MVP, right? <laughs> Book, oh, it. Season. Book <laughs> it. There's not a lot of film out there for you to study, but from what you've seen, where's this going to go?
2: Uh, yeah, there's not a lot of film uh nine throws against the Eagles I think if I remember they were great throws um, 6 and 9 right I'm I, I'm I I feel like uh I'm a Patrick, Packers optimist so I, I actually I've, I've uh I feel like A good relationship right now but but relationship with fan bases is just entirely whether or not i'm optimistic or negative i found so
0: you got to fight the urge to pander right like it'd be so easy in your position to just tell every fan base
2: i know and you see sometimes like clips of i don't this sounds shady but people who are like always like this no one's talking about how good this team is and this team and this team and you're like wait you you've named every team (laughs) this time quarterback. But and it's I
1: actually, probably, I'm sorry. It's probably the AFC too.
2: Well, they actually are all good, right? They but, actually um, are all good. I, I, I am optimistic about the Packers' offense um, for a number of reasons. I mean, the offensive line is still very good. I really like the young skill players that they have. Um, uh, Crystal Watson, I, I wouldn't say I, I did. I wouldn't say I missed on him because I did like him as a prospect. I had doubts about. Uh, what it would look like in the NFL immediately based on watching his college tape. And he was better than I expected uh, pretty quickly. So that was exciting. Um, I like the tight end that they drafted to Musgrave. He's that he is very impressive. Um, and I'm a really big Matt LaFleur fan. Um, I think like I i have talked about this before. It's funny. I just did. Um, I'm sure you guys know Jordan Rodriguez who covers the Rams does a terrific yeah. job for the athletics. So she's a podcast coming out. I'm on your podcast, promoting her podcast that I was a guest on. Anyways, she interviewed like all the um, like Shanahan tree coaches, McVay. And one of the things she asked me about was kind of like the spread and how the different coaches have made their offenses their own. And I really don't think LaFleur gets enough credit for the way he evolved what was the Rams offense to Aaron Rodgers' skill set, the things he wanted to do, didn't want to do, the way he innovated their RPO game, so different from what he did in Los Angeles. Um, And it gives me a lot of confidence, frankly, for him working with Love, which is totally different quarterback, totally different skill set, but one that I'm really excited to see uh, in that offense because I do think it's a good offense. I do think they have good pieces. Um, So I'm pretty optimistic.
0: That's what, that's why we had you on, really, just to pump uh, up wisdom. Jordan Love,
2: all positivity.
1: Well, you know the yeah. other thing that I noticed from when you were doing the AFC East division the other night, and it's really football in general when you talk about so many teams, the one thing that comes up a lot is the offensive line is weak, and <laughs> I always feel like yeah. it's a fine line to use that as a crutch, or is it weak? And a lot, I thought you did a nice job of identifying like the right tackle for. Patriots, right tackle for the Bills as well. Those guys are not.
2: I think every East team has a right tackle problem. And you you
1: pretty much went through that. And I was going to say, that's almost, we used to laugh about that in the NFL for five guys. You're lucky if you could find two really good starters of five. That's how we used to view it. Everybody else is kind of, you're doing a great job if you have more than that. So, but it's true, especially at tackle. Like when you were talking about Mac Jones at the Patriots, like he needs, he can't get out of that stuff. So. Yeah, yeah. I that was way thank to, you. It, yeah, you that's know, that's. that's lines
2: and yeah, it's a real problem. I actually was to go back to the Bills. I I didn't. I think I just. I don't know. Maybe I didn't pay enough attention to some of the issues of the offensive line in real time during the season. But when I went back and watched some of those games, I was like, "Damn, like <laughs> this is a real like there was." Some players who are no longer there uh, and some players who are. Uh, but there were some real issues in pass pro uh, that I do remain, I would say probably, I think I said this on my podcast, probably the biggest concern I have about the Bills going into the season.
1: Especially in that division, because they're going against defensive lines that are real.
2: Crazy, 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 crazy talent uh, pass rush in the AFC. And okay. the talent that's still like getting better, Josh Uche. Jalen Phillips, like these are ascendant pass rushers and yeah, it's not going to get easier anytime soon.
1: Boy, there's nothing better at this time of year when you're in the front office and this is the time of year you don't, you know, you're not talking about football, but in the back of your mind, you know, it's coming and you can't stop thinking about the young, when you get a young pass rusher that you drafted and you're, you're like, man, I know one thing <laughs> we come into this season. We have that guy. And that makes you feel better when you're going against the great quarterbacks, because it's the only equalizer to beat a quarterback is getting to them.
2: Coverage yeah. won't do it. Fingers crossed for uh, Rousseau and Vaughn's ageless, it seems. But this seems. is a lot of injuries, a lot of injuries. So I will say, doing this project, I've been trying to like, get better at, look at learning more about pass rushing. Von Miller is unbelievable. Like he's such a technician like i love slowing down and watching the different things he does it's next level next level he is like a phd whereas the rest of the NFL, like most guys have just like bas or something
1: i heard you use the word the other night bendy and that's when i knew you mm-hmm. were a, officially a scout and von miller <laughs> is bendy
2: and i'll get bendier than von yeah yeah what's your
0: favorite <laughs> scout term mina so do you have a favorite? Oh golly! Go
2: um, it's funny. I just they like you know everywhere. to to
0: mock, right? Like that—that's hilarious to you.
2: Oh god! Um, I'm trying well, to think one that. I, How
1: about overused?
2: Overused is that's a good one.
1: Freak is overused.
2: Freak is overused. I try to stop myself from saying that all the time. Freak, I can't,
1: yeah, I'm over that one.
2: It's um yeah i know um it's
1: tricky there's so many i I I know there
2: there are a lot i'm trying to think of ones that i tried to ban myself from using during the draft Um, well
1: one thing we can touch base on about those quarterbacks with accuracy and guys improving tyler can we get Mina's opinion on mr richardson for the colts because mina if this guy pulls it off richardson for the colts and actually is productive throwing the football and college film does not need to be evaluated anymore. <laughs> Should combine. we
0: resurface the Jimona's take on this? Yeah, you, you I study.
1: Don't see, it would be. Yes, yeah, worse than Tim anyway. Tebow, right? I just don't see any quarterback in this guy. I just see pure athlete.
2: Uh I, 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 I think probably don't agree with that. <laughs> um, I do think it will be a true test of everything we've been talking about, in, in regards to like these recent precedence of quarterbacks improving their accuracy. Um, It's funny because I actually came away for when I, when I went through Richardson's games ahead of the draft, I came away liking him mentally a bit more, but being having pretty serious concerns about the accuracy especially the short stuff really concerned it me that concerned. yeah a lot you gotta misses.
0: Work, right like because he got to work like alan hurts that's think, the great that.
2: mystery and honestly the the reports i've heard are all like universally positive about the character the the, the drive to get better and this kind of brings us full circle to that like great unknown like this guy has these tools he's got a big a very big leap to make does he have what it takes to make that leap it's 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 very hard to know these days
0: 5 years ago and I'm sorry we got to end with this and, and right. Jim, I don't want to cut you off so no we're good we're we good. could keep meeting for hours um 5 years ago is when you wrote your Aaron Rodgers profile I believe right the search for Aaron Rodgers ESPN the magazine 17 or 16
2: 2017? 16 maybe even more than 5 years ago
0: <laughs> I mean you you were able to gain access to a side of him not many have. I mean, when I was at the Milwaukee journal Sentinel, we'd sit down for a one-on-one like for a good hour, once a year. And, you know, here and there at his locker, he used to be really guarded. Like it was, stuff was off limits, pass everything through PR. If you're going to even get him for five minutes at his locker. And now he's all over the place. Right. It's, it's McAfee. It's yeah. His personal life is all over. It it, it used to be like, if you talked about his, somebody at the press Gazette, like in the photo department, ran a photo gallery back in 2010 of him, a picture of him with like his girlfriend at the time. And he banned press Gazette beat writers from any one-on-ones all year. And now it's like, he's everywhere. (laughs) He's, you know, I don't know. He's such an interesting human being. So you wrote an amazing story five years ago. And it was just like his search for the meaning of life, his purpose in life, like what's going to fulfill him. I wonder if he's found it. I don't know. Like I, I don't know if you keep in touch yeah. with him. I obviously do not. I talk to a lot of people around Aaron Rodgers. Do you think he has found um,
2: happiness in life? Um, you know, I haven't spoken to him in a while. I'll say that it's been a few years. Um, I've said a few critical things <laughs> too, so you know, oh, maybe what, once you do you that, can, yeah, you can look it up. But um, you know, I, I I he struck me as someone who um was sort of a kind of a late. I don't want to say late in life learner, but like was kind of really trying to figure out kind of his place and, and what things interested him, you know, I mean, he was in his thirties when we met still. And like, that's, um, it, it's just a very different life track. And, and to some extent, a lot of NFL players are, you know, are kind of have different life tracks from the rest of us because of the demands placed on them earlier in their lives. Um, and so, I, you know, from the outside, it does seem like he has found his people um but also seems like he's still very attuned to the outside world and and, and i know speaking from i don't want to speculate about um someone else but i know speaking from personal experience that those it, it, when um the moments in which i'm very affected by the outside world are usually not moments in which i'm content so <laughs> i don't know what that signifies necessarily Um, but, uh, I'll I'll end by saying this, he's, he seems happier now than he did two years ago in New York. So I I do feel like that worked out for him just from the outside, how he's talking. We'll see how long it lasts, but, um, I do think he seems to be relishing the challenge and as ever the doubts about, uh, whether he'll (laughs) succeed in New York at the level that he's been succeeding at.
0: Well, well said. I mean, I think it 2016, maybe that was when I had a, my first story bleach report and there was a lot of family stuff in there, right? Cutting off the family. I remember that. Yeah. Christmas, yeah. Christmas presents sent back, cutting off yes. uh, yeah. mom, dad, brothers, like didn't go to his grandfather's funeral, didn't go to one of his best friend's wedding. And it was like, okay, you know, whatever happened there happened there. Um, but a lot of us in life, like we have a foundation and maybe it's, family and it he doesn't really have that and then I read your story and I'm like okay like the religion aspect yeah. of his life is so fascinating he is kind of
2: like the cultural amazing. aspect yeah. to it that also yeah very different from von Miller who I went fishing <laughs> with <laughs> and was yes. just the most chill happiest dude uh the life good. of the party it was uh when he was waiting right after he'd won the Super Bowl in Denver yes and just, I think you and
0: Greg Bishop both did big Von Miller stories then, he, right? They're both he, amazing.
2: He was great. We hung out with him and his dad, and his dad was great. And, um, yeah, it's funny because he's going to go down as one of the best to ever do it. And it just shows you can be one of the best to ever do it and you're, live your life very differently. And, and you don't have to be uh, the way I think sometimes we, when we talk about professional athletes in terms – I mean, Von Miller is clearly maniacal, and he's clearly – so dedicated to his craft don't get me wrong and the dude you know started a pass rush camp and all that but um i don't think it consumes him in the same way that some of the greats does
0: god everybody's wired wired differently like some some need to just live eat sleep piss it like 24 7 nonstop. and some it's like get away from it live your life yeah that's what makes it great (laughs) Holy hell, this was awesome, Mina. Jam, do you have anything else before we let Mina live life? No, we, we hit it, all. We hit it all. That
1: was
0: good. The Mina Kimes Bye. show featuring Lenny, NFL Live at Mina Kimes. I'm sure everybody who listens and watches already follows you and loves your work. I, selfishly, I do miss all of your long-form writing, and it is unbelievable. But we are treated to your X's nose, film breaks, breakdown, your analysis. It's, it's all top-notch, Mina. So thank you so thank much for hanging out with us.
2: Thanks for having me on. Bye, guys.
0: All righty. We'll see you soon.